Hey, let me ask you today. Do you know God at all? Oh, how much do you know him? How about this? Do you know him enough to love him? And if you say, yeah, well, with what kind of love do you love him? Because I'll tell you what, there's many kinds of love. Oh, yeah. There's family love. There's love of money. There's love of your pets. There's all brotherly love. But there's one love that surpasses them all. And today we'll come to recognize and understand that love. I'm going to talk about the grace of God today and your heart. Grace and your heart. Listen, can you hear it? The announcement was made in heaven. And John heard that announcement. And you know what he did? He wrote it down for us. Oh, yes, he did. He recorded it for all time. For us. And here's what he said. He said, Then I heard something like the voice of a great multitude and like the sound of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder. And here's what they were saying. For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Hallelujah! Let us rejoice and be glad, and give the glory to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. I want you to think about that last part. The marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Now, you know who the bride is. You know who the bride is? It's you and me. The bride is those who know and love the Lord Jesus Christ. And John said, it was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen Bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Wow. You know that there's a correlation between the way we live in our wedding garment and eternity? Oh, yeah. And there it is. So there are two important words in these scriptures. Number one, marriage. And number two, bride. And both of these words signify commitment, loyalty, faithfulness, intimacy, and service. So, when we understand that the church is the bride of Christ, it involves commitment, loyalty, faithfulness, intimacy, and service. Oh, and by the way, it goes both ways. From the groom to the bride, from the bride to the groom. The Apostle Paul said to the Corinthian church, speaking for God in a way, He said, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I betrothed you to one husband, meaning Christ, so that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. That's why our lives on earth are so important. In Mark chapter 12, here's what happened. One of the scribes came and they heard them arguing and recognizing that Jesus had answered a question well. 
They were talking about the resurrection and Jesus answered the question about the resurrection. And then this guy came up and he asked him and he said, Rabbi, what commandment is the foremost of all? And we could ask, what's the purpose of the commandments and what's what's the greatest one? And here's what Jesus answered. The foremost is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now, the purpose of the commandment is that they would be a people separated from other cultures. That when Jesus said, listen, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. They were living in a world surrounded by nations that worshipped multitudes of gods. And here they're being reminded, listen, you're a people of one God. Be separate from other cultures and live a life that would be blessed by God. Also, produce a healthy society. Grow in intimacy with God. For us, we grow in intimacy with Christ, who is the Word of God. So what's the great commandment, Jesus? What do I have to do to please God? How can I grow in intimacy with Him? Here it is. Here's the answer. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy 6.5 from the Old Testament. He's in the Gospels, but he's quoting Deuteronomy. And what he read, or quoted from memory, was something that all Jewish boys grew up with, the Shema. It was the first text memorized by Jewish boys, the sentence that opens up every Jewish service. Now, I want you to think of this love as the love in a marriage, because that's what it is. Love the Lord your God, right? We're the bride of Christ. Love the Lord your God as you would in a marriage. So we love God with commitment. Loyalty, faithfulness, intimacy, and service. Love Him with all of your heart. See, the thoughts are always on the one you love, because that is the one you're occupied with, right? Young girl falls in love, oh, can't stop thinking about him. Young guy falls in love, oh, can't stop thinking about her. And a good marriage. The, the, the couple thinks about the other person. A struggling marriage, the individuals only think of themselves. Maybe that's how you fix, maybe that's step one in fixing marriages. Start thinking about the other person. This is why a broken heart hurts more than a broken arm. Because the heart is what you give to your spouse. You don't give him your arm. You give him your heart. So, When you love God with this type of a marital love, not a friendly love, not a brotherly love, a marital love, you find yourself loyal, faithful, intimate, committed, and serving. As God is with you. Because isn't God that way with all of us? He certainly is. Oh yeah, he is. He's loyal to us. He's faithful. He's intimate, he's personal, 
He's committed to us. You know that. He even serves us. He sent his son. So imagine loving God back the way he loves you. So what does it mean to love God with all of your soul? Well, your soul is your awareness of your surroundings. Through your soul, you have a sense of danger, thrill, emotion, passion, fear, joy, right? You know, in that sense, animals have a soul because the animals have an awareness of their surroundings, right? So in marriage, when you love with all your soul, you experience these things. You're aware of the environment of your marriage. You know when to talk and when not to talk. (laughs) You know how to say it and how not to say it. When we love God with all of our soul, we are aware also of our environment with Him. We're sensitive to our actions, our words, our responses in life, because, uh uh-oh, He's with us, and we are with Him. How often do we think about God being with us in the midst of our conversations with other people? And if you think about God being with you, then maybe there are things you wouldn't say. You know, maybe there are things you wouldn't do because you have an awareness of the presence of God in your life. We live in a spiritual awareness as God's people, just like being married to Him. Because we are. We're engaged to Him, and one day, boom, as John said, hallelujah, the marriage of the Lamb has come. So we don't flirt with the idols of the world. That's what Paul was getting the Corinthians to understand. Don't flirt with the with the neighboring nations and their gods and their forms of worship. So love God with all your soul. Be aware of your surroundings. Number two, love God with all your mind. The mind is where we think. Loving requires thinking. Did you know that? You know what the Apostle Peter said? Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. 1 Peter 3, 7. Now that requires thinking. The husband is to come to a place where he understands his wife, so he's going to learn her. Okay? Now Christ knows us this way. That's why he gives us grace. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. John said in 1 John 5.20, We know that the Son of God has come. And oh, it has given us understanding, so that we may know Him who is true. Isn't that cool? We know God that the Son of God has come, and He has given us understanding, so that we may know Him who is true. Think about that. So as His bride... We live with Jesus and we understand who He is and understand our relationship with Him. It takes knowledge to love Christ, right? This is not an emotional, sentimental love. This is a knowledgeable love. You can't love what you don't know. So James asked the question, Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds, and the gentleness of wisdom. 
James 3.13. So you see, knowledge has a, what would I say, an outcome? Knowledge has a, uh, a, a, there's always a demonstration of that knowledge, okay? We, we demonstrate that knowledge the way that we live, okay? We would say it like this, put your money where your mouth is. That's what we would say. Are you wise? Put your money where your mouth is. Let's see. Show it. Wisdom isn't winning an argument, winning a debate. Wisdom is living in the truth of God's word. That's wisdom. It's the application of his word. So if you say it, then show it. Okay? So, in our betrothal our betrothal to Christ, we love him with all of our heart. We're occupied with him. We love him with all of our soul. We have an awareness of him in our life. Thirdly, we love him with all of our mind. We love him with understanding, okay? And then finally, with all of our strength. I wonder if people really see the whole person in this. See, our whole being is involved in loving God. Our strength is our might, our power. It's the, it's the physical aspect of who we are, right? So what does that mean? You have to be there. It's about being there in the presence of God. We know that God's presence is everywhere, but it's about making yourself available to God. Think of it like this. As a wife that says she loves her husband and then disappears for days or weeks at a time without communication, is she really loving her husband? Or vice versa, of course. If a husband kisses his wife goodbye and says, I love you, and he disappears for a month, doesn't say anything, and then comes back a month later, is that love? Is it, does his absence demonstrates lack of love? That's what I would say. So it takes a physical presence as well as emotional and intellectual. This is how we're learning to love God. Emotionally, intellectually, and physically. Paul said, therefore, and you're familiar with this passage, I'm sure. I urge you, brethren. And brethren, who's he talking to? Professing believers. People that say they're followers of Christ. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, oh, it's not something, to present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. You know, I have people say to me every once in a while, I know I'm not in church, but I'm there in spirit. I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) You're not there in spirit. You can't be there in spirit. That doesn't get anything done. What if everybody went to work in spirit? Nothing would get done at work. What if all the ball teams showed up in spirit? Let's say you bought a ticket to go to a football game, and there's 60,000 people in the stands, and you got two teams, and they showed up in spirit, but they weren't there in the flesh. You'd be like, I want my money back. Where are they? They're not here. Oh, they're there in spirit. 
that's not good enough. <laughs> but people say, well, you know, I know I'm not in church, but I'm there in spirit. No, you're not there in spirit. You're not there at all. Present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice. It might be inconvenient. So what? Do it anyway. You know, love is a sacrificial relationship. The deeper the love, the greater the sacrifice. Oh, who loves us more than Christ? No one. And yet, who made the greatest sacrifice for us? Jesus. Sacrifice is part of love. Matter of fact, you can't separate the two. The deeper the love, the greater the sacrifice. You say you love someone, how much do you sacrifice for them? You say you love God, how much do you sacrifice for him? You know how much he sacrificed for you. Oh, yeah. Look at that cross. There it is. But how much do we sacrifice for him? So thinking and doing are equally important with God. So present your bodies, Paul said in Romans 12, a living and a holy sacrifice. Okay? So, again, the main ingredient in love, sacrifice. That's the giving of oneself to the other. Isn't that what a love relationship is? You're giving yourself to the other person. So as we think about loving God in grace, I want you to think about, first of all, the grace demonstrated by Jesus when he loved us. And he put himself on that cross, an immeasurable sacrifice, so we could have a relationship with him. And in that relationship, we have an endearing marital relationship. That's how we need to see ourselves, because we are. We are the bride of Christ. We are. And every person that understands marriage understands the need for sacrifice, sacrificing themselves for the other person. So, as we saw in the beginning, John recorded for us, let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come. Oh, this is futuristic. And his bride has made herself ready. This is what we're waiting for. This is anticipation. You think Carly Simon was thinking of this when she sang anticipation? I don't think so. But we can make an application of anticipation. Because this is what we're waiting for. The next greatest event in human history is when Jesus has that angel blow that trumpet and the bride is going up and we're going to be outfitted with our wedding garments. And what are those wedding garments going to look like? Well, it was given to her to clothe herself, oh, in fine linen, bright and clean. And where did this fine linen come from? The fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. This is why we want to be faithful. This is why you want your life to do be for him, not for you, for him. 
so you can look even more beautiful at the marriage. I mean, what bride goes pig wrestling the morning of her wedding? Shows up all full of mud. Hey, hi, honey, I'm here. No, she spends hours. She pays people to make her look beautiful, right? Because she wants to look her best for her groom. So we want to live our lives in such a way that that fine linen, oh, it's glorious. It's glowing. It's beautiful. It's a testimony to our love for the Lord Jesus. So the fine linen, the righteous acts, they're dependent on our loving the Lord. Loving the Lord with all of our heart, that means I'm occupied with Him. Right? He's got my heart. I'm not occupied with the world. I'm not occupied with idols. I'm not occupied with me. I'm occupied with Him. I hope this sounds drastic to you. Because I believe this is the reality. This is beyond lukewarm Christianity. We love the Lord with all our soul. Where we have an awareness of Him in our everyday life. Remember, the soul gives us an awareness of our surroundings. So we go through the day with an awareness that, yes, Jesus Christ is with us. He's not only in us, He's with us. He's sharing our life with us. He's right there. We love Him with all of our mind, with our understanding. So we want to get to know Him. That's why we go to church, to learn the Word of God. Hopefully you go to a church that teaches the Bible. You go to church not to get pumped up. You go to church to learn about God, about the Lord, about who He is and what He's done. It should be theological, not motivational. The motivation is in the theology. Nowadays, we have a lot of motivation, but no theology. I believe if you teach theology, the motivation is in it. It's right there. If you understand theology, you'll be motivated. Don't you worry. So we love him with all of our mind, understanding him. The more you know him, the more you'll get to love him. And then we love him with all of our strength. You're there. You put yourself there. You're there in worship. You're there in service. You're there in fellowship. You're making yourself available to the rest of the bride of Christ. You see, you're living your life in such a way that your Christian walk is not a part of your life. It is your life. That's the difference. It's your identity. Just like a spouse needs to be with their mate. That God would want this for us. And you know what this is? This is grace. This is grace. That God would do this for us that he would give us the privilege to know him this way, to love him this way. And you know, like I said, as we grow in understanding of who he is, part of that knowledge is how much he loves us. And most of us, if not all of us, still don't know the depth of God's love for us. We don't. 
We don't. Because you know why? Sometimes the way we respond to life circumstances reveals that. So we have to do a little heart check every once in a while. How do I respond to the circumstances of life? Do I respond like somebody that really believes God has saturated them with his love? That God's love for me is greater than anything else? That no weapon formed against me can prosper? That I am safe and secure in the hands of Christ? Do we have that kind of understanding, that kind of security? I know one thing. I know that my soul is secure. My body, who knows? Things might happen to my body. God doesn't guarantee my body will not hurt. But he guarantees my soul will be saved and my spirit. And they will go up to be with him. The body's going in the ground. He'll give me another body. But it's the soul and the spirit that Jesus died for. He died for the soul. So your body won't be perfect. But while you have it, make it available to him. Make it available. That's the demonstration of divine love. As God made himself available to us, for God so loved the world that what? He sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. He already did it. And now he's asking us to make ourselves available to him as his bride, because that's what a love relationship looks like in a marriage. about you, but this motivates me. This motivates me to just want to know him more and serve him more and, you know what, receive his love more. We need to be convinced every day that his love is real and that it's there. Because the devil, he's the devil of doubt. Oh yeah, he likes to bring the doubt. Doubt this, doubt that, doubt God. That's why we have to be in his word constantly because it removes all doubt. Our faith grows, and it comes by hearing the Word of God. Stay with it. Visit this message again at the Hope Club Podcast. You can get these messages anywhere podcasts are heard. You can go to our website as well, newhopecc.tv. Apple Tunes, iTunes, U-Tunes, MeTunes, everywhere. They're all over. But thanks for coming along. And go out there and be a good bride of Christ. <laughs>